maybe it was just a couple of months ago, Marcus did his sermon on how to make coffee. <laughs> As you can see, my instrument is not quite the same and takes just about two minutes to make as compared to the 20-minute process <laughs> that it takes Marcus. It's kind of heavy, so Rachel, will you pour this for Marcus? And then, um, Before I begin and start talking about my nice table here, I should recognize and, and say out loud that today is actually uh, the Feast of the Holy Trinity. And, and normally is a Sunday where we do a special service, but we had done that service so many years in a row that that we decided to continue on with our sermon series in its stead. But today is an important day because the Holy Trinity is one of the foundational theologies of our church. And in fact, what marks us as a church is the Trinity. We are a Trinitarian faith. And outside of that Trinity, we cannot find true love and the true salvation that we have. Because in Jesus Christ, we see the King. We're able to find the Father and know His loving ways. And even in Jesus, we're able to understand the, the mysterious person of the Spirit who comes to us in, in word and comes to us uh, in our baptism and brings us faith and plants it there and holds us in that faith. So in the Trinity, we find all the things that bring us life today, including one of the most important things that without we could never be able to sustain life here. And that is relationship. In the Trinity, there is relationship. The three of them work together. They create together. They love together. They teach us to create, to love, to live. They give us relationship. They give us what we call koinonia. Now, if you labored with me through the Lord's Supper study, koinonia was a term we kept coming back to over and over again. A term that we translate into fellowship or gathering. And so we're often used to our fellowship uh, consisting many times of something like this, where we're able to sit together and to have coffee, where we can discuss things of, are you well? Well, you're feeling well you? today. Well, I have an infant at home. So you're sleep deprived. I'm sleep deprived, yes. Marcus, how do you feel? I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah. Late night. Also infant at home. You have an infant at home as well. This is a form of fellowship where we gather around and more specifically in church around bad coffee. <laughs> and we discuss as much as we can about things of life. In fact, most of the time I spend with Marcus is generally around coffee. And while we're having coffee, we talk about work, we talk about life, we talk about church, we talk about faith. And in some ways, this is a type of koinonia. And without this, many times people have gone without this, and they eventually die from it. Man is not meant to be alone. Even the Psalms speak about how great it is when brothers gather together in unity. It's like oil running down Aaron's beard. Or like a, a shower after a men's retreat. 
It's good. <laughs> it's refreshing. It actually brings life back to you. How many times have you been in a place where really you just needed to talk? You needed something. You needed to be with other people because being alone, you knew you weren't going to make it. Our brothers and sisters, at the birth of our church, almost 2,000 years ago now, immediately wanted this. They needed each other. They needed to gather together. They needed to be in koinonia. Because that's where the conversation happens. That's where words are shared. Where lives are built back up. People are brought back into the faith. Ministry happens there. At home around the table. At the table at coffee clatch. At the table you use as an altar for Wednesday night worship. And it's intentional. Martin Luther called this very thing a mutual conversation and consolation. Meaning that this is a time where you're able to converse about the things in your life and you're able to communicate what it is you're struggling with and you are able to hear from a brother and sister how the Gospel speaks to it. It's intentional. It is not aimless talk. Not just talk that leads us into ways of our own. Most of the time when we gather together with just anybody, our, our conversation will revolve around sports, Star Trek, if you're into that kind of thing. The ins and outs of everything else. And you're able to go back home and go to sleep without much change. But in the mutual conversation and consolation, in the koinonia, we find here, even right now, as four people of the faith, we're able to have purposeful talk. Just as our brothers and sisters did at the beginning of our church, reminding each other of who Jesus is and, and what He has done. Last night, my wife and I went to go see Keith and Sheila sing in, uh, um, in Haydn. And one of the songs they sang was about aimless talk and about drink. And it said, when the Rhine wine flows, we are led to lecture and argue, and no one is prone to listen. <laughs> but not so with the mutual conversation and consolation. Not in the koinonia we have within the faith. Because in the faith, we know that relationship is given to us by God. And it's a purposeful, intentional thing. So we do drink our coffee, or whatever else, and we talk about the things of God, reminding each other about those very things. But sometimes koinonia needs more. Sometimes it needs more than just talk. In fact, many times, 
It needs an action. You see, there are issues that we face every week and every day of our life. In the case of those who first came to faith right there at Pentecost and were leading into a life of devotion, the challenge that they faced was literally their life. That to bear the name of Jesus meant that most likely they were going to die a horrific death. Or they were going to be ostracized from their family. Us today, our life is threatened all the time, but threatened with things outside of the faith that wishes to steal us away. All the time, our life is being threatened by insisting that we hold on to the things of the past, the things that lead us to forget about the new life that Christ has given us. And many times, even the conversation that I have with others cannot fill the hole that the enemy is trying to lead me down. I need to be reminded of what my God has done. I need to be remembered that He is here with me now. I need to taste and see what my God has done for me. And that's when I joined the koinonia of this church. That's when I, as one of you, walk forward to this altar and gather around that table there. Because at that table, we taste and we see the body and blood of Christ. We come up there as people all equal in our sin, all equal in our problems. Ones who have suffered, ones who have had joys, ones who have gone through hell and come back. And we walk away knowing that our sins have been forgiven, that our life has been restored, and that we are people who are uncontrollably loved by God. 1 Corinthians 10 says, are we not one body as we eat this body? Are we not a people of God who gather around this same altar and the same table? Are we not people who drink of the same cup? Receiving the same grace. As we come forward to this altar, we taste, we see a God who has done so much for us and we walk away. And do you know where we go and sit? We sit back down with our brothers and our sisters. And we stare at each other. Some of them still wondering what they're doing up here. And we remind each other. We remind each other of the altar we just tasted and saw. We remind each other of the words that God has spoken to us about how great it is when we as a family are united. We talk about the way Christ has worked in my life and in your life. How he's broken down my anger and your anger. 
where he's restored this broken heart to a full heart. That's koinonia. Amen? Amen.